0: Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it, you love it, you want to be there. It's Victory Lane. This weekend, we are Children of the Corn, as you can see from the title. We're audio heavy as well because, uh, well, I did work for you guys this past weekend in Iowa, and I I want you to reap the benefits of that said work. There were lots of racing that went on from Iowa to Pocono, everywhere in between. We'll cover all of it. In every which way possible. Still no intro. Diego, come on, bruh. I'm waiting for you. So here comes the lame Neo. Did you like my Neo? I hope you did. Uh, let's start out with KN. The KN Pro Series East and West, Casey's General Store 150 from Iowa Speedway. Sam Mayer wins the jump. It was a pretty entertaining race, I would say. This is my first time to Iowa Speedway and it's not lip service. I I really enjoyed my time there, uh, besides the fact that there's nothing to do in that state, which I'll get to later. But the racing there was really good. Multiple grooves, tire fall off somewhat, uh, differing strategies for the Xfinity race that was there and the truck race whenever they go there. like This race was really, really, really good. Um, so I'm not going to recap the race for you guys. I'll kind of let everybody else do the talking but let's start off with the winner, Sam Mayer. He breaks down his race, and despite a little bit of an ill-handling race car, he was able to lead all but eight laps in this event. Total complete domination from the 21.
2: Uh, The race throughout, uh, like before the break, especially the first one, uh, was just trying to keep the tires on the car. Um, I was really just trying to hit my marks the whole time, and uh the sun was really bad but uh once the sun went down it was better. Uh but after that, uh the second especially the second before the second break, uh the car was rolling really good and uh I was starting to get a little bit free. Uh but I feel like uh making those adjustments at lap one hundred uh really helped the car stay under me and uh helped me all the way through to the end of the race.
0: By the way, apologies for the low audio. I was not able to uh grab him because I was doing all my other stuff in the garage and on Pit Road post-race. So this is from NASCAR, and their audio was just super, super low. But we move on. Sam had raced at Iowa twice before, once in K&N, once in ARCA. He had okay results, okay races, but nothing crazy. And he actually told me beforehand that he liked this place so much, and he was feeling a really, really good result coming because he knew GMS's stuff was top-notch, and he backed up his claim.
2: Yeah, this is uh, one of the ones that I liked the most when I raced here last year. Uh, we didn't really finish that well last year, but uh, this year is definitely quite the opposite. Uh, we finished really well. The car was really consistent throughout the run. Uh, I mean, really getting this getting this win right here is just the start of what me and GMS and everyone over there can do. Uh, I feel like we're going to have a lot more this year, and hopefully we can go five in a row.
0: Well, damn, five in a row to end the season. That's that's pretty bold, don't you think? But if he does what he did on Friday, he honestly might be able to do that. And <laughs> crazy to say but it's not out of the question. So what is something that he's worked on and that he has improved on this year? It paid off for him on Friday. And like you mentioned, if he does it going forward five in a row, not out of the question.
2: My restarts this year have been really bad. Uh, I've been really bad at restarts this year, but uh, I managed to clutch up today and actually get some good restarts so uh, uh, I've been working really hard this week especially after last week and how bad my restarts were last week uh, watching a lot of video and just seeing what I can do better and uh, just seeing what di- what difference I can make uh, but yeah it really worked out those restarts were really nerve-wracking because I didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself but uh, towards the end I was confident that I could do it and uh, it really did pay off
0: Let's hear from Mr. Second Place. Did an Instagram Live with him last night at the time of this taping. Ty Gibbs, his seventh second place finish of 2019. Insane across ARCA and k He started in the rear after not passing post-qualifying tech. This kid is, I believe, a little bit younger than Sam Mayer. They're both 16 years old. It's just absurd. And he is wheeling and dealing.
2: Yeah, I feel like we had a really good car there at the end. Um, I think we had a shot to win if we got to start at second there. Uh, or uh, second place had a bad start, and um, it was it was very fun. Um, I guess you can't call second good enough. Now this is the eighth uh, time I finished second this year, so uh, we got to figure out what we're doing here. But uh, we just found our changes too late or too late in the race. There got too loose in the middle of that race run. So, um, but I had a blast. I learned a lot. Um, we'll move on to Watkins Club next week and go some go do some road course racing.
0: Season best result for Ruben Garcia Jr. came home in third place after, honestly, I call it what it is, it's been a dismal 2019 on the K&N side for him. He could ride this weight of mojo into Watkins Glen after having a lot of fun in Iowa. Third-place run for Ruben Garcia Jr. in the two for Ryan Vargas, if you know. you know. Ruben, this has been a, a tough year for you on the K&N side. No no bones about it. How good did it feel for you to run up front all night long and come home with a podium finish?
3: Yes, that's that's really good. It'll build some confidence on myself and, and all my crew. Um, we'll, we just couldn't have a break this year. Um, a few races, we have pretty good speed, but just bad luck, or the other races, we'll just... Be off all weekend or chasing problems. So it's nice to finally have a, a decent result this uh, this weekend in Iowa. I know the next track's really good for us Watkins Glen um we're we've been very close to winning there i hope i hope we can pull that off finally this year but um it's just great this is such a fun racetrack it's really cool you can run multiple lines there was plenty of times we were three wide almost four wide so that's pretty cool racing and it's it's a good confidence builder to finish in third place right now
0: the way that this year has gone for you were you kind of sitting in the driver's seat thinking
3: all right what's going to go wrong now when's the car going to start breaking you were yeah absolutely um I was surprised we went through practice and through qualifying with no issues, and uh, actually running pretty decent. We were all weekend; we were inside the top five, so that was pretty good. Um, I, I think this will give confidence to my guys to start working harder and start looking for those extra extra effort that will give you that half a tenth that that we need to start running in the lead uh, again. Nice run, thank you.
0: I like how he was pretty honest there. I mean. <laughs> Things always start to creep into your mind, you know, when's this gonna go wrong? When's the electrical unit gonna shut down? When's the motor gonna start to sputter? When am I gonna run out of fuel? When is this gonna happen? When is that gonna happen? And for Ruben, for a nice change of pace, for one of the really good guys in the garage, it did not happen. Somehow, some way, Derek Krause finished fourth. You're kidding me. If you guys don't know by now, it was a really possible pivotal moment in his quest for double championships this season on the East and West Coast. Lap 33, got into the wall after contact and a crash with Max McLaughlin. McLaughlin was under him, got loose, washed up the track. His tailpipe, as you'll hear from Max in a little bit, most likely cut Krause's tire, sent into the wall, had some damage on his rear. They made extensive repairs, and I was at the 16-pit box the entire time before the incident, during the incident, while they were repairing it, and after it. They stayed calm, cool, collected, fixed her up, and they wound up fourth. A fourth-place run for Derek Krause does not tell the story of his night, up and down the entire event. But John Camilleri, your crew chief, came on the radio at the end of the race and said, this is how you win championships. This is what championship runs and teams are made of. What were you thinking at the start of the race when he got into the wall a little bit with Max McLaughlin? Were you thinking, well, there goes that double championship?
4: I wasn't exactly thinking that. I was thinking our night was done. Just, I don't know. He must, I don't know what he did on the bottom of us, but he got into us and cut our left rear, and I guess that was that. We got into the wall a little bit, but I was, I thought, like you said, I thought our night was down there. I thought we hit it hard enough to affect it, and I feel like we did hit it hard enough to affect the car. Right away, we were, we were pretty good. I mean, I thought we were second-place car chase and 21 cars. I don't know what they got going on, but it's fast, and, uh, it's going to be tough to compete with that all year, but we'll keep digging and go to Watkins Glen and try to do our best.
0: What can you say about your team's resolve and confidence that they had? I was listening to the whole thing transpire on the radio while you kind of were the one to push upon them, say, "Hey, ask for the emergency tires because they're flat-spotted." It seemed like they had pretty calm heads and they seemed to prevail at the end of the day.
4: Yeah, these guys always usually I'm the one getting riled up and uh you were a little bit. Yeah, I definitely get a talk on Monday to, <laughs> from Bill to stay calm on the radio, but it it's tough to have, stay calm on nights like these. I mean, we struggled all day in practice again, and we don't know what was wrong with the thing, but then somehow in the race, it it just clicked. And I don't know, we were running third, running on chase for second, and I thought we had a pretty good car there. And just, like you said, the unfortunate thing with Max, I'm not sure really what happened, if I didn't give him enough room or he just got loose underneath me. But that's racing, and like you said, John, he's calm, keeps me calm, and everyone on the team keeps me calm, and... We're on to walk to the
0: That last restart there was pretty crazy. I saw you were running it up against the fence three wide a couple times and again you came home with a top five finish. It's like I told you last week somehow some way this team and you behind the wheel always seem to find your way up front at the end of these races. It seemed like a pretty crazy finish.
4: Yeah it was definitely definitely crazy restarts. I feel like uh, those three I know there ain't many but we had three truck starts and the truck starts are crazy and I credit the restarts that I can get, if they're good enough, and then just being aggressive on the restarts, all of those three truck starts. I mean, the guys in the truck series really get after it on the restarts, and learning from them and taking it into the k and series, I think, really helps me on these restarts, especially here at Iowa, where there's plenty of, plenty of room and a lot of, a lot of racing groove. So uh, uh, we'll just move on and just keep clicking top fives, top threes, and that's all we can do. How tough
0: tonight was mentally for you? Because I know physically it's one thing. You're in tip-top shape as we can see, but mentally inside the car it must have been pretty tough for you.
4: Yeah, mentally, one thing I got to work on with myself is getting down on myself. I always get upset, get uh, get mad, and that's. Uh, I feel like tonight I really didn't do that. I felt like I kept calm, and one thing that definitely helped a lot is a blower that we added in the car. It kept me cool, and I guess it's kept me cool in my head and kept my. It kept me mentally in, into the race. Like Most of the time, I'd have been, I'd have been down after that, after that incident there with the one. But I feel like tonight, we just never gave up. And a lot, of, a lot of that was the crew, just to be behind me the whole time and always support me. And that helped a lot.
0: I'm telling you guys, this kid's drive was so damn underrated. On the last restart, I hope you guys watched the, the replay of the race on NBCSN. If you were not watching on Fans Choice TV, that last restart we talked about was insane to watch I don't even know what it would be like to drive in it he was way up high went three or four wide there at the end it was it was a team effort no doubt about that and I wanted to get his owner Bill McAnally's perspective on the entire evening as well because as a team owner like what can you do in that situation can you do anything he had a lot of high praise for his young driver Team owner Bill McAnally here with me. I want to talk to you about Derek Krause's evening tonight. Up and down every which way, and somehow, some way, they came home with a fourth-place finish. A top-five after a night like this has got to feel like a little bit of a win.
1: I'll tell you what, that kid is special. I mean, he's patient. Uh, Just the the way he he drives a race car, he doesn't get frustrated, doesn't get uh, too excited. It was a tough night, Uh, you know, getting spun around there and going a lap down. He just served took care of everything waited till we could get it fixed up during the break and charged forward it, it, it is it, it hates I hate to see points racing and everything we're doing trying to race both these series and the job he and this team have been doing I hate to see it get taken away because we get dumped and and uh and go a lap down like that but he charged back up the team worked hard got the car right and I can't I can't be too upset I'll tell you
0: Yeah, I figured. And I heard you come on the radio maybe once and kind of say, Derek, listen, the one's not going to change how he races. You just got to do your deal. As a team owner, what can you do in a scenario like that? Do you just kind of sit back and let the guys that are supposed to do their jobs do their jobs, or can you do anything else?
1: Yeah, when we've got multiple cars, you just sit back, and if there's something you feel you can add that nobody else is saying or doing, then you jump in there and do it. And I, I felt that he needed to know that, you know, that car's been doing that. You know, he just needs to stay on his toes, I think is what I told him. And uh, he did a great job, and he stayed on his his toes all night.
0: Pretty exciting restart there at the end. He was going three wide. I thought he was going to maybe even have a podium finish.
1: Uh, he put it all out there, I'll tell you. He does every time in his race car. Sometimes we got a good race car yep. for him to really showcase his talent in, and sometimes he's got to carry us a little bit. And tonight he definitely carried us because uh, we – we're lucky to finish on the lead lap yeah. with what we went through.
0: Yeah, at one point you guys were running last one lap down. So now moving forward, I know Derek said previously that he's had conversations with you in terms of if we're still in the points lead in the E-Series, we can't stop running now. I believe Sam took the lead from you guys tonight. Don't have the official points in front of me, but is it safe to say that we'll see you guys at Watkins Glen next weekend?
1: Yeah, for a fact. We've got the cars here, and we're sending a hollow right from here. We're, we're committed to that. And we'll see how we do at the Glen, and and take just keep taking it, one race at a time. If we can, if we if we feel we can contend, and we can put it together to be there, I'll tell you Bristol's going to be tough. We got we're Bristol Wednesday and Thursday, uh-huh. and then we're at uh, Evergreen on I'm Friday. In the same boat, my man. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, so that one's going to be challenging. But just uh, you know, I promised Derek I'd do everything I could and the team that if we were in the hunt, I'd do everything in my power to get us there. So I'll keep doing that.
0: You keep doing that, he'll keep driving the wheels off of
1: it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave.
0: And wanted to get the other side of the story, another perspective from Max McLaughlin himself. They they ended up talking it out afterwards. I just got done with another interview from the Sunrise 4 teammates, which we'll get to in a minute. And uh, Derek and Max kind of looked at me, and I was like, uh, is, is everything all right? And they were like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. We're chilling. So they talked it out. It was a friendly conversation, as you'll hear here. Max kind of took the blame and was sorry for how it all played out. 10th place run for Max McLaughlin tonight in the Casey's General Store 150. I want you to take me back to in turns three and four in the first kind of stage or um, part of the race where you got into it with Derek Krauss a little bit. Um, he's obviously trying to run for both championships and sustain some damage there. What happened from your vantage point?
5: Yeah uh, we were three right three wide into three and um, just got loose under him. Uh, we entered three wide and he was on my door and I got super loose and um, you know we, we touched a little bit and you know we both agreed that the, the contact wasn't really that hard but I think the tailpipe cut his left rear tire and, and you know it just hit him at the wrong place in the wrong time and it uh, cut his left rear tire down and he was done so uh, that really sucked I felt bad for, for that but um, you know we just we were all racing for position on a restart and um, you know I, I had the, the preferred groove on the bottom uh, I was the head of the three wide and um, you know he entered hard on my on my left side and or on my right side and um you know I just got loose
0: air is pretty big here and um just didn't play the cards right I saw you guys were talking right here after you're all good yeah yeah everything's good yep so I want to also ask you about the what was it nine Japanese students that were here with you this weekend six yeah six six. okay um that was a really cool program that Shigetori is kind of spearheaded bringing them over from Japan and working with you guys in the HRE shop for the past two weeks or so, and they were the ones that were pitting your car today. That's pretty sweet.
5: Yeah, they did a great job, man. They work really hard. Their work ethic is – it it shows a lot about – um, you know the Toyota Technical College and what they teach over in Japan they uh they have great work ethic they work really hard and um they really know what they're doing too I was kind of surprised with how much they knew about the cars already before even getting there so um it's pretty cool to to work with them they're a fun group of guys and even though I, I don't speak Japanese at all they were uh, you learned a
0: couple words today. <laughs> yeah I learned a few
5: but uh yeah <laughs> yeah they were cool they were they're were fun to hang out with and um I really <laughs> had a lot of fun with them it's it's trouble that uh it really sucks that we ran this bad you know we struggled really really bad and um you know none of us really know why but we just fought to handling of the car all night just wicked loose and um you know that showed under the 16 and it showed everywhere we just uh couldn't get back to the gas and just got killed off the corner uh, for 150
0: laps and besides the ill handling car and the incident it's a really cool story of him working with those japanese students from toyota technical college uh, story is up now on NASCARHomeTracks.com. It's a cool deal. Check out that story. It's, it's a really cool program that Shiggy Hitori and everybody at Hatori Racing Enterprises have put together. Chase Cabry came home in fifth place. It seemed like he was going to maybe be able to pass Derek Krause in the point standings, but he wound up having a rough final restart. The speed was and is there, has been there all season long for the number four camp and Rev Racing, but kind of one of those wrong place, wrong time deals on the final restart. Top five run for Chase Cabry. Did not get three in a row, but he came pretty close. Led a handful of laps and ran inside the top five. Top two really all day long, but it seems like the last restart, he just got shuffled back there, wrong place, wrong time.
6: Yeah. Uh, restarting on the bottom is always rough here. And uh, I was kind of playing a game where i drive in real deep and try to slide up in front of them on the restarts um, and, and be able to take the top spot. And he eventually learned, caught on to what I was doing, and, and learned how to adapt to it and fix it. Um, so, you know, he did what he was supposed to. Do, and then on the final restart, we kind of got down in the corner and um, crammed down on my door, which he's supposed to. He didn't. He did the right thing. Um, and and it just got so free underneath him. And I started kind of to chase it, and ended up making a little bit of contact. And when it did, it just broke me so free and lost all my momentum. Uh, that you know, I was able. To, I ended up getting stuck in the middle of three. Uh, And then that allowed the 16 to get a really good run on me. And, you know, when you lose momentum on a restart, it's hard to make it back up. So it's unfortunate. Um, You know, I really thought we were going to run second there and went from a hero to a zero with about two laps to go. So uh, it just sucks. But, you know, they gave me a good car and Sam was just better tonight. So uh, good job to him and his team. And we'll go on to Watkins Glen and try to make some points up there. Wanted to talk to
0: Spencer Davis as well. Came home in ninth place, but he ran inside the top five all evening long. I felt like we needed to get a word with him. Admittedly, he is undercovered. Um, And that's just kind of the nature of the beast, I guess, you know. It's one of those things where, you know, people are saying, oh, you should cover so-and-so more or you should cover so-and-so less. It's like, well, one, that's kind of out of my control in terms of what the people above me tell me to do. And two, Like, if if it's not compelling to cover, I'm going to allocate my resources and my effort somewhere else. Like, that's how it is in pretty much every business. But this guy, he's really cool. He's an old school racer, works on all of his cars day and night. Pretty damn good wheel man, too. But a restart at the end, he had a little bit of beef with, brought him home in ninth place after running top five all day. Spencer Davis comes home with a top ten finish, but ran top five all day long at a track that he did the same at last year. But seems like you have a little bit of beef with NASCAR in terms of where you were starting on one of those
7: restarts. Um, yeah, just one of their last call that metaphorically hurt our race um, was we were, were fourth all the way till six to go, and somehow we wound up lining up fifth behind a car that was two cars, you know, two car lengths behind us at the time of the caution. So um lined up, did our best, got a good restart, and um just being on the bottom, you don't want to be there. So uh, you know we're definitely displeasured as a team with that call. But you know, unfortunately you're in their playground, you're in their sandbox. So it kind of is what it is. I wish we could uh been in the position that we were supposed to be in and not one worse. I think we would have had a different well, I think we would have had a different outcome we probably would have been uh second or third. I don't think we could have won. No one no one was going to be that 21 car but it's just you know it is disappointing because we make sure our car is up to their standard every week and we don't ever do nothing wrong. Try to try to play by their rules and you know still still get bit. It's just unfortunate, but uh number thirty all pro team, Red Jones Racing, will come rebound. You know get our spots we deserve next time. Haley Deegan with another subpar
0: run, twelfth place for her, wound up having an uncontrolled tire violation on the final pit stop, which. I was confused about, she was confused about, her crew chief Kyle Olasek was kind of confused about, but they had some speed before that all went awry. Back to back top 12 finishes
4: (laughs) for Haley Deegan.
0: (laughs) 11th at New Hampshire, 12th here tonight at Iowa. We were just talking off mic about the uncontrolled tire penalty that you guys received uh, towards the end of the race. I don't think any of us really knew that that was a thing that you can get when you were under a red flag condition, but I guess you guys did not it sent you to the back.
8: Well, let me start back at the break between 50 and 100 laps. Please. We were fast as hell, and I just didn't have track position. I was in the back, and we were the second, obviously no one had anything for Sam, because that kid is on rails, <laughs> and I was the second quickest car on track, and like, I could see the whole group just coming closer and closer and closer every single lap. And then I was like, okay, I need a little more drive off. And once we got new tires, whatever they put the tires on, one tire rolled out of the pit, which I don't even know how that can happen. There's not even another taken pit stall in front of us. So I was like, I don't know on that. And so I was like, okay, at least the car will be good. I'll try drive my way through the field. And then the car was tight as tight gets and was plowing up the track, which we made just a little wedge adjustment and put new tires on it. But it, like, tightened it up like crazy. So I honestly... Don't even know like what more I could have done. I just kind of, and then once you get out of the whole arrow and get stuck with the slow lappers trying to get around, and they take off and they're all in like the air and stuff, it just doesn't work. So our cars, I just think something might be wrong aerodynamically. I don't even know if it's a word, but yeah, I think something might be wrong with that.
0: Yeah, it's tough to keep up with GMS and DGR and. All the guys out is wind
8: tunnel time. We've never had wind tunnel time before. Yeah. They get stuff that we don't get. It's
0: tough. So, again, back-to-back top 12s, that's not what you're looking for.
8: Back-to-back top But top that's not something I think I'd be saying from last year. <laughs>
0: you got bumps in the road, right? I
8: think it's still my favorite track. Iowa? Yeah.
0: It seems like you were – like you said, you were fast. That middle
8: area, I would sail it into the top. That middle – group the 50 100 laps i was sailing on top and killing everyone
0: always great talking to haley what what i really like about her is even when i'm on the record and she knows that and we're in an interview it's like literally a legit conversation um we'll get her on this podcast for a one-on-one eventually she was on sealed off with hannah newhouse and jacqueline drake and uh, that was a really good conversation too so i want to have that type of conversation with her because i've been looking forward to that for a while one of the she's the personality in the series that everybody knows about sunrise Four teammates jagger jones and trevor Huddleston they also touched a tad and jagger spun out with a few laps to go but they're they're totally cool a story on that is also up on the website and i actually walked in trying to get comments from both of them and they were talking it out in the hauler i kind of just barged in on them and i ended up speaking with them i'm with a pair of sunrise Four teammates that apparently just wrestled to the death but they're still alive and well and breathing trevor Huddleston and jagger jones got into it a little bit uh, with a few laps to go, setting up a pretty exciting couple of restarts. Trevor, I'll start with you driving the nine. You got into Jagger a little bit, just coming off a of turn four. What happened? Yeah, I call a little bit more than a little bit. I kind of drove right through them
9: But um, you know, we're both racing hard. Um, we kind of made some hay there um, that last restart, or two restarts to go, and uh, we were both battling for position. I'm not sure w- what position, but um, you know, I drove them not like a teammate, and I got loose and got into him and there was nothing Jagger could do. I, I almost thought he was going to save it but that would have been pretty impressive but um, all in all we came home, car straight. Luckily Jagger didn't get in the wall either so um, we can build off this and uh, go to the next big track uh, gateway here in a couple weeks.
0: Jagger, got anything to add to that? Any comeback after you wrestled him and gave him five free shots on the face? No but I know Trevor
9: didn't mean to get into me there. It's just It was super hard to pass on the bottom and it seems like you'd feel good on the bottom. Then you'd start coming up the track and you realize that it's either shoves the nose or gets loose. So um, I felt the same thing trying to pass people, but we, we ran all right. I mean, we were, weren't great the first 50 laps and then made a pretty decent call to stay on the track and really found some more speed following with some better track position and following some guys. And then um, a- after the second break, when we put new tires on, we just didn't have the speed on, on new tires. And um, it just, we kind of fell back a little, and then we came back in again to make some adjustments, and we got it better. Just we were so far back from struggling on those new tires that there was just no way to pass up all through all those cars. And then Trevor got into
0: me and then uh, just drove back up to 11th. Just a little teammate rivalry. Nothing to see here. Just to tie up a couple more loose ends, Brittany Zamora finished last. She had a radiator issue and was, I believe, 23 laps down. A rough season for her continues on in her rookie year. Tanner Gray and Drew Dollar were 6th and 7th. Tanner ended up starting in a backup car after wrecking and qualifying. And Colin Garrett came home 13th. He was kind of just a little off all weekend. But the first of two combination races for the k Pro Series has come and gone. Sam Mayer is your winner. East, much better than the West this weekend. I, I don't have it in front of me. I believe they took 9 of the top 10, I want to say. I guess Derek Krause kind of counts as both since he's running for both. But overall, guys, great freaking race. Iowa is an insanely cool track, and I'll get to this very briefly, but there is jack you-know-what to do in that state. Oh, my, like literally nothing, okay? So I woke up Saturday or Sunday morning in my Airbnb in the middle of nowhere, and I mean nowhere, and I drove a half an hour to a Sonic because, one, I had nothing better to do, literally nothing better to do. My flight was in the afternoon. And I was like, alright, I'll just kill some time. I love Sonic, so like, why not? Let's get some grub. And then, when I was there, I was like, let me look up if there's any cool scenic overlooks in the city of Des Moines. Which I assume there would be, because, you know, it's the capital of the state. So I found this park, and I drove there, which is another like 30 minutes out of my way. But I'm happy to kill time. in my Ford Mustang rental car, by the way, which was dope. Uh, I literally got back in my Ford Fusion back home. Love Freddy. Great car. But... I was like, damn, this is, this is not a Mustang. Anyways, so I go there, and of course, the damn park is closed. Like, what are we doing, Iowa? There ain't nothing to do in your damn state. I didn't even see a single kernel of corn for three and a half days when I was there. I saw some stalks. I didn't even see nothing on the cob. I didn't see a kernel. What is going on? You want me to drive to Dyersville to see the Field of Dreams in order to get some corn? Not gonna happen. I guess I'll just have to come back or something. All right, before I have another aneurysm, let's, let's move on. Gander RV 400 and US Cellular 250. First from Pocono, second from Iowa. Denny Hamlin is the Cup winner this past week, and he saved enough fuel to earn his fifth Pocono win, first since 2010. Third of the season, had one of the quickest cars all day long, top three or four for sure, along with his teammate Kyle Busch, who got a top ten but was mired back after strategy kind of went awry for him and Kevin Harvick in a gnarly paint scheme. But Denny Hamlin, a winner once again in Pocono.
7: No, I never had anything. Uh, I tried to keep the the tank kind of full and uh, saved as much as I could under caution. Saved all I could under green. So if it was going to be not enough, it was just not going to be enough. So uh, I, was, I was okay with the outcome one way or the other. Uh, we did everything we could to win the race. We made the calls to win the race, and uh, it worked out for us. It was a good race for us. Where, you know, it was pretty smooth. Nothing crazy happened. We had good restarts when we needed them. When we didn't have a great restart uh, there at the end, I was able to make up back up that track position that I lost. So um, it all kind of went to plan.
0: His crew chief, Chris Gabehart, was the man atop the pit box who made that call that wound up working out well for the 11 camp. Could they have made it to the end without those late cautions, though?
2: Yeah, I felt like we could. I felt like we were in a pretty good spot. Um, You know, there's never enough insurance in those situations, obviously, but that's why I pushed Denny as hard as I could to get around the 19 and get around the 20. I felt confident that once we could gain control of the race, that we could kind of be as in control as anybody of whatever might come, a caution or green-white checker, because now we're the the leader on the restarts and those kinds of things. So I just let him go and go get the lead, and then as soon as he got out front, I pulled the reins on him and started putting some in the bank.
0: I told you guys this episode is audio heavy. We're already having a lot, but we got more from the Xfinity race. Chase Briscoe wins it after Christopher Bell dominates and leads the entire thing, but Chase was able to save his newer tires than Bell. I believe he had 50-lap fresher Goodyear's and he wound up pouncing when the time was right too with six laps to go. 98 passes the 20 and wins his first race of the season, second of his career. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We were
10: definitely racing really hard and, and, you know, that was beating and banging. That's about as good as it gets. So it was really fun. You know, even running, uh, battling with Christopher, you know, it took me back to, I mean, we've been racing online against each other for probably 10 years and, we used to run Iowa all the time in the Xfinity car and have battles like that,
0: so it was pretty fun to, to go back and do that and do it for real this time. Here's another soundbite from Briscoe with an amazing question, by the way. Jokes. You'll see why. He, he did show a lot of patience, though, in not burning his stuff up too quickly, and that's something that you would think a younger driver would maybe not be able to do that well. You'd think he said, "Oh, well, I'm going out for blood right away, but Chase kind of took it low and slow, for lack of a better term and it all worked out in the end. Davey Siegel with Front Stretch. Um, Chase, when you were back there running around 10th to 15th or so, there was a lot of time left, I get that, but did it ever creep into your mind saying, well, track position is pretty important here, the aero push is significant, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get up there? or Were you confident that your car was fast enough to be able to challenge?
10: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely getting worried just because our car definitely changed a lot whenever we got back there, and a lot of those guys had newer tires, but we were battling, those three or four guys that were on the same strategy as us, and I knew we probably needed to be ahead of them before the caution came out. Um, And my biggest thing is I I didn't know where Bell was. I I knew if we went a lap down, our, our strategy was out the window anyways. So I felt like I was losing a lot of time trying to race those guys, and, you know, the top got where it was so fast around there, and I felt like my balance changed a little bit. Like you said, I was getting tight behind guys, and I just couldn't make moves like I could early in the race when I was up front. So I was definitely getting worried. Uh, when the caution came out, I knew we were going to be in pretty good shape. The uh, the first restart, I got a terrible restart. The guy in front of me didn't go in one and two, and I, I think I came out fourth out of the five guys that had tires, and I was starting to panic a little bit, uh, and then when the caution came out when I was running fourth, uh, I didn't know that I was going to win, but I knew I was in the best position then out of everybody other than Bell, so I knew I just had to take advantage of it. Uh, me and John Hunter, I think both knew whoever got to Bell first was the only guy that was going to have a chance to win, and... We both raced each other super hard trying to, to be that guy. And, you know, we just came out on the right end of it.
0: I was also kind of curious as to if he thinks he can compete with the big three of Bell, Reddick, and Custer. And he was honestly very honest when saying, look, I, I need to get better. Um, looking ahead for a little bit, um, so there's been a lot of talk about the big three with the Xfinity series and who's going to be the fourth guy. And a lot of the drivers have brought up your name. And today, like you said, you didn't really luck into this when You had speed all day. I mean, you did play the strategy correctly, but what do you think of your chances of kind of slotting yourself in with those big three drivers and possibly making a run at this championship? Yeah, I mean, I got –
10: personally, I have a lot to work to do to, to be able to, to beat those guys consistently. It's one thing to beat them once or twice, but it's another thing to, to be able to beat them week in and week out. And when I feel like I do everything right and we do everything right as a team, we're capable of being that fourth guy. Um, but we still got to, you know, just get everything – better all around I think I got to definitely do a lot better job of you know letting Boswell know what we need in the race car and, and making adjustments and just how I race on restarts there was a lot of times a day I lost positions on restarts just by trying to be too greedy and when you're racing with guys as good as the big three guys you can't make mistakes uh, so I got to do a lot better job and like I said I feel like we're on the cusp of being that fourth guy but we definitely need to get a lot better and I I, I need to get a lot better too
0: Christopher Bell's heartbreak was Briscoe's triumph, but I, Bell was not really down in the dumps. I thought that he would be after dom, like thoroughly dominating that event because he felt that there was nothing else that could really have been done to help him and that team get to victory lane, just one of those victim-of-circumstance scenarios. There's nothing
9: we could have done different to win the race. so um, Very happy with how our ream super was today. It was obviously the class of the field and very proud to able to be the guy that gets to drive that thing it's a rocket ship well it was I mean obviously it was a big deal but whenever they had the yellows I could kind of restart and take off okay and then you know as the tires got hot having fresher tires was a bigger advantage so it was disappointing to hold them off until whatever it was five to go and not win the race but uh that's that's how it goes sometimes
0: did you ultimately make the final call on that restart when you guys are debating to pit and not did you make the final call to stay out what was going on on the radio well we didn't uh what, what, which one are you talking about the one uh before the final restart
9: well we didn't have tires so our our strategy was spelled out for us we we took our last set at 100 to go because that was the only way we were going to make it on fuel was to the pit there so um 98 decided to gamble and not take tires and it paid off for them. how much well, does this one sting i mean it honestly it doesn't really sing that bad just because i know you know we, there, there was nothing we could have done to win, the, to win the race it was just uh they did the opposite of us because they had the they didn't, weren't capable of beating us heads up and it paid off for them
0: what's about iowa that's so good for you you won the last two here and you dominated here led over 240 laps i believe
9: yeah just uh, great race cars that's that's what it boils down to and uh I, I wish i could tell you that i got something figured out here but i don't i just have really fast race cars
0: just curious this week the cup series obviously wasn't here and no secret that you get a lot of questions about what your plans are for next year is it nice for a change to kind of not be under the spotlight of, what are you doing next year? Where are you going to be?
9: Yeah, it is nice. And uh, ultimately, I, I the only thing I can say is it's the same same yeah. yep. answer every time. You know, I'm not in charge of where I'm landing. It's just a matter of where where the, uh, the higher-ups
0: want to put me. John Hunter Nemechek, or as Brad Perez calls him, Nematode. It's, it's so funny. By the way, shout-out to Brad, tire guy, for the 15 of JD Motorsports this past weekend with Ryan Vargas. My guy. Congrats. Uh, John Hunter was gunning for the lead, though, as well. I thought that he actually had this one in the bag for a second. Nonetheless, a top-five run for him, which was huge in the grand scheme of things for him and his GMS racing team. I'm
11: frustrated <laughs> with the early and the circumstances that we had, but overall, a solid day. We really needed that um, as a team, as a group, as an organization. Uh, after the last few weeks we haven't had that much momentum so to come here and get a top five I felt like we could come and contend for a top five and um, a top five top three in our book is a win today after the few weeks that we've had so um, we just got to keep working on it continuing to improve and I've said that from the start but overall hopefully, uh, hopefully we have some good things coming for the playoffs and um, like we said, it's time to get hot for the playoffs, so hopefully we're getting there.
0: You think without the caution at the end you would've caught in past bell?
11: Yeah, for sure. I was coming. Um I was just riding behind him, his stuff was falling off pretty pretty fast, so um, I feel like myself having fresher tires, I was able to drive
0: right up to his back bumper. It seemed like the the inside lane was a little bit of your demise on the final restart there. Was that the, the deciding factor in the end of the day?
11: I think so. If we would have restarted on the top, um, I feel like we could have won that race. Um, just from the circumstances, of how it played out, uh, the 98 and I were slide jobbing each other left and right, crossing each other over and really having fun racing hard but clean. Um, and that's what racing here at Iowa and places that we go is all about. I mean, Iowa is unique. In its own way, where you can do that, and it makes a lot of, of fun
0: racing as a driver. Noah Grakeson had a little front end damage after an incident, but rebounded for a top five finish. But he was blunt, honest, and very, very hard on himself. Fourth place run, top five is a pretty solid result for you guys. What were you guys
9: lacking today, though, overall? Speed, handling everything that we've been lacking all year so uh other than the super speedways we've just been a little bit off this year as a company so we're working hard i know my crew chief he's capable of uh bringing winning race cars to the racetrack i'm capable of winning races and uh when we can run up front we're just it's not something's missing i don't know what it is and if i knew the answer i'm sure we'd be running a lot better but uh overall we just got to keep on our Keep on working, keep our heads down, and, uh, and do the best job we can do. I was going to say, as a driver, can you do anything to, to fix that and try to help that, or is it one of those things where it just comes whenever it comes? It just comes whenever it comes. Like, you know, just go run second in your debut and forget how to drive the, the next year, you know,
0: so I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. Yes, JRM is off, like no doubt about that. But it seems like the guy doesn't have really any confidence right now. I mean, he kind of went back and forth there, kind of speaking out loud. But who knows, man? It just seems like he's, he's lacking in that department. Justin Haley had a tough week. Um, obviously, Nick Harrison losing him as his crew chief. But a very good run, and they had speed all day long. And I think this is kind of really telling. He just The entire week was just wanting to get back to the track, get back to some form of normalcy, albeit honoring his late crew chief, Nick Harrison. 8th place finish for Justin Haley here today at Iowa, racing for more than just a checkered flag today, we'll get to that in a minute, but first just walk me through a race if you would, it seemed
12: like a really tough and entertaining one. No, we had we had top five speed all day, really proud of the college racing guys uh, for overcoming adversity this week, it's the most competitive car we've had, and uh, just missed it on tire strategy there, it was 50-50 and uh, we were on the wrong end of it, but we're all in it together and uh, we win and lose together, so... Really proud that we have a competitive car and had speed here. It was a really fun race here at Iowa, um, very racy. And wish we came back here more.
0: I know it's really soon after, but you think there's anything else you guys could have done strategy-wise to maybe be on the other side of it?
12: Oh, well, just pit or don't pit um, when everyone else did. We, we were kind of 50-50 on it, like I said. So let's mm-hmm. yeah, just roll the dice. If it goes green, we, uh, we're winners. And if it doesn't go green, then uh, we're losers. So oh well, we'll uh, go into next week Watkins Glen. We got some good road courses. We've got AJ Allmendinger coming in, and really excited for the future.
0: I mentioned off the top, obviously racing with heavy hearts. And for more than just a checkered flag, you had Nick Harrison's name above your door today. How has the week been, and what was it like today to just get back in somewhat of a normal routine being at the racetrack?
12: Uh, it was good. I just wanted to get to the racetrack all week, um, back to normal, back with my guys. and Spent a lot of time with the guys this week. So, um, like I said, it's, uh, it's a bummer that Nick couldn't be here with us. And obviously it uh, hit me pretty hard, but um, got a really good finish. And take what we learned from here and
0: move on. Defending Xfinity Series champ Tyler Reddick, he was also very hard on himself, as Noah was. I'm not sure who he was talking about with the brake checking on the restarts, but whoever it was, Tyler ended up kind of taking the blame. Fifth place run for you today, Tyler. It seemed like nobody could really catch the 20. He was in his own zip code. What were the struggles for you and your n- your number two team here today?
13: We really didn't have any in our ethanol no Chevrolet. I just took myself out of the race. You know, that's all there is to it. What happened? Uh, you know, I just, these guys go and then brake check on these restarts, and, um, you know, my aggressive nature just has knocked my nose off twice here now, so, I just gotta do better. Like, it's a fine line between having a restart that's, that's gonna put you in position to pass people or you're knocking half your nose off your race car, and then, you know, you can't turn, and when you when you get out of the race car and you see it, you're not surprised, so. I guess I got no one to be mad at but myself, but it's really frustrating. Um, I've been trying to have a good finish here for a long time, and we had a first or second place
0: car and ran fifth with it so i really sucked my job today obviously disappointed with the fifth place finish but what does that say about where you guys are at with your team right now when that's a disappointment
13: the bright note is you know these guys keep working really really hard rcr just doesn't settle for you know just good enough we we were we weren't bad here last year or in the sprint here in the in january or god bless we weren't bad here in june it's been a long day. but we, we couldn't you know we couldn't contend for the win and, and finally uh, we had a car to contend with, the win, contend with for the win, and um, just never gave myself the opportunity to win.
0: You got a road course stretch coming up. How do you feel about turning right and left for the next month or so?
13: Uh, it's concerning because uh, you got to really keep the nose on the race car at those racetracks, and I can't even keep it on here at Iowa.
0: And of course, got to shout out some of the homies. Will Rogers, Clout 9 homie, if you know, you know. He made his Xfinity debut this weekend. Wound up finishing in the top 30, maybe top 25. Don't have the results in front of me as I'm kind of rushing out here. Got to record this, edit this, and then run out to do some errands and then drive up five hours to Watkins Glen. But Will Rogers had a little bit of an issue earlier on the race, but finished the race, got a lot of valuable experience in his debut. And Ryan Vargas, I wasn't able to get him because I had to go back and work on some sidebars, but he finished in 15th place for JD Motorsports. But here's Will Rogers talking about his debut. Here with a Clout 9 member, Will Rogers, obviously his first Xfinity Series start here today with the American Liver Foundation on the side of his Brandon-built Motorsports Chevrolet Camaro. But you had a little issue that happened, I believe uh, in the midpoint or towards the end of stage one. Can you explain to me what happened?
14: Yeah, uh, we actually started off pretty well. The front line, or actually the line that I was in stacked up a little bit, so initially got me worried. Uh, but we were okay, fouled out after that, kind of got behind a few cars and just tried to get our rhythm. And uh, after about 10 running laps, I think, I just started feeling a vibr—sorry, uh, vibration on the right rear. And uh, it just started progressively getting worse, especially in top of one and two where there were some bumps. And I radioed in, I said, hey guys, I got a building, you know, vibration, I don't know what the deal is. It got so bad, like we got loose a few times and didn't really want to risk the car. So came down pit road, they pulled the right rear off and realized the studs were, I guess, stripped out or broken or something like that, or ripped up a bunch of stuff. So we were probably good to bring it down when we did. We, it might've ended poorly if, if we didn't. Um, so I had to go to the garage for about 37 laps, I think, and get that fixed. So that was a bummer, but overall the day was positive. I think uh, we made a lot of progress, qualified way better than I thought we would, and ran fairly well, you know, top 15 to 17 times. Um, and, you know, if we hadn't had that issue, that's maybe where we would have finished. But Really have to thank this Built Motorsports team, uh, the American Liver Foundation, Risk Management Advisors, Kelly Benefit Strategies, everybody that helps me do this, and uh, we'll go on and hopefully race here within the next coming weeks.
0: Hint, hint. I hope you guys can hear that leaf blower going on like right outside of my house. This is this is great radio. I uh, want to also touch on Ross Chastain. He won the Truck Series race, third win of the season for him, and he's celebrated with a big-ass watermelon, a real one and a fake one. That was really cool to see the dude right now he is a title favorite if not the title favorite no doubt about it
9: that thing had so much grip man is incredible they told me it was gonna be fine but um just just bad race car driver logic is that when it's that fast it might not have enough grip so no i um i mean even when i felt like i was too free or too tight in the race we were pulling away so um suppressed the attack all day um just goes to show you don't listen to race car drivers all the time. They probably don't know what they're talking about, me included.
0: Let's briefly look ahead to Eldora Speedway, because at the time you're listening to this, probably already happened, and Watkins Glen International. The go bowling at the Glen for the Cup Series Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Chase Elliott is the defending winner. The favorite, though? I I don't know. I talked on my DC Sports Live segment this week for NBC Sports Washington, Watch Eric Jones and watch Daniel Suarez. Suarez has raced there twice. He has top five finishes in both of those races, and he's really good here. Eric Jones has top tens in both of his races at Watkins Glen, and in the past three weeks, he's finished second twice and third once. So he is getting hot at the right time. Then the Xfinity race on Saturday at 5 p.m., Austin Sindrick is the guy that I'm watching, along with A.J. Allmendinger and the other big names in the Xfinity series. But there's not really any road course specialists, and especially you heard Tyler talk about it right there. He's not really a road course guy either, and Bell admittedly is not, and I don't really think Custer is either. So it's going to be interesting to see how this latest road course stretch works out for those big three. The Eldora Dirt Derby, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on FS1, stages of 40, 50, and 60 laps around that dirt track in Indiana. Cannot wait. One of my favorite races of the year. I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe as the winner, possibly. I'm also keeping my eye on Stuart Friesen. He had a very, and still continues to have, a very successful dirt-modified career in the upstate New York region. I believe in a city called Niagara-on-the-Lake, which is exactly where it sounds like. It's literally like on the border of Canada and New York. So I'm looking at them. I, I love this race, though. Very entertaining stuff. And, of course, my main event, the Great Outdoors RV Superstore 100 at the Glen. God, that's a mouthful. Friday, 4.45 4 p.m., if I can read my notes correctly. Brett Moffitt is the defending winner of the event. Ty Gibbs, Mr. Second Place, he's in it. No Drew Dollar for DGR Crosley, missing his first race of the year. He told me at um, Iowa, basically, I'm not running it because – DGR's got a lot of stuff going on. We're out of the points race. I'm going to be doing a late model race at Hickory this weekend. Um, So I'm I'm going to kind of sit this one on the sidelines. But some other storylines I'm looking at, can Derek Krause gain some ground on Sam Mayer? Can Sam Mayer stay hot? Can Ruben Garcia Jr. slide in and get his first win of the year? As he mentioned earlier on in the show, he really likes and enjoys this track. But it's Derek's first time here, it's Sam's first time here, it's Ty's first time here. It is a lot of drivers' first time going to this upstate New York road course, 2.45 miles of it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they can do in practice, where they qualify for the start of the race, and then what kind of adjustments they make through, throughout the race on their cars to make it handling better for the end of it. Lock Nuts up that week! Cue that music, boy. Cliff Daniels is the new crew chief for the 48 of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, maybe didn't see this coming. Maybe did. I don't know. He was a 2014 race engineer for the 48, and he also was a race engineer uh, in 2011 when Tony Stewart won his cup championship at SHR. He has worked under Chad Canal so I've heard nothing but good things about this dude. Speaking of good things from a good dude, Corey LaJoy, he's giving up a month's salary to promote Samaritan's Feet, a charity that um provides children with inadequate footwear with adequate footwear it's really cool i actually donated to it last night gave him a few dollars so if you want to check that out check out his social media handles and i believe the link is in his twitter bio but it's really cool the athletic did a piece on him kind of explaining how this all came about but he literally had like a come to jesus moment and he was laying in bed one night he texted his owner and it was like, hey, we don't have a sponsor for Watkins Glen. If I gave up a month of my salary, would you guys be able to like front the cost of the rest of it? And we put this charity on the car. And they're doing it. It's it's really cool. How about these Pocono Twitter feuds? So you got the 17 of Stenhouse and the one of Kurt Bush. Kurt's like, well, decided to take the high road, but I hope he doesn't wreck me up there. And then Stenhouse is like, you know where to find me. Come, like, come talk it out. I was like, damn. All right. And then you got Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez not pushing and shoving on pit road, but having a very heated conversation. And then they were getting into it with the Instagram comments too. I was like, damn, but I'm, am, I'm am so here for this social media beef. I love it. Interesting tidbit that I saw this week on NBC sports.com slash NASCAR. Richard Childress had some comments about Tyler Reddick going to cup, basically saying that's where he's going to be next year. I don't know if we can give it to him for sure, but if he goes with somebody else to get there, I'll be happy for him. I was like, okay, that's nice of you to say, but, like, wouldn't you say, well, we are going to have a place for him next year? Like, that's that's what you would think. And last but not least, Jason Myers and Jonathan Brown have been suspended for one race and fined $10,000 for their actions that happened at Bowman Gray Stadium this past week. That was not really a good look. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google those two names on Twitter or whatever, and they were just playing. They were having war with their cars, and that's not something that you want to do. That'll wrap things up for episode 22 of Victory Lane 2.0. Very audio heavy, like I mentioned this week. Next week, I think I'll probably give you guys the first of my batch of guests that I got a couple weeks back at, uh, where was I a couple weeks ago? Cup Series was there. I'm literally drawing a blank. It wasn't Iowa. Was it an East Race? Was it a West I literally don't remember where I was. Holy crap. All right, I'm literally looking at my calendar to see where I was. Uh, oh, yeah, New Hampshire. Duh. I literally was... What the hell? All right, I'm going to end it there. That was... Jeez, I'm old. I'm stupid. All right, find us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Give us a rating and a review. I say us, but it's literally just me. I prep for the episode like four hours a week. It takes a lot of my time. I record it. I edit it. I post it. I promote it. It's... Look, man, I know it's not the best NASCAR podcast out there, but I'm doing what I can, working my two to three jobs and trying to give you all the best stuff that I can. So your support to me, it really does mean a lot. Um, No lip service there. And if you know me, you know that I do mean that. So really appreciate you guys tuning in for my idiocy. And I will talk to you guys next week as we recap Watkins Glen. And hopefully I'll be able to remember where I was this past weekend.
3: Peace.